Good afternoon and you're welcome to Local Media This Week, the programme on Scarif Bay Community Radio where we talk about what's uh, in the local papers and we talk about the Clare Champion, the Clare Echo, uh, their online editions as well and also online with Clare Herald and the odd time we take a look uh, at papers from near and far as well, but not this week because it's all local and uh, it's a little bit like uh, one step back in and two step back out. Uh, so the, the, the main man, John S is back off his holiday. So John, you're very welcome Thank back. Thank you very much. Uh, yeah. Refreshed. Uh, refreshed. Good, 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 good to hear it. And uh, uh, our stalwart uh, from the mills, Pat O'Brien is here. How are you, Pat? I'm good. Hello. Good. Yeah. So uh, we, we, we have ha half the gang back together. Uh, Jim has gone AWOL and uh, <laughs> and uh, David is off on his holidays as well. But listen, th these things happen. Now, a few weeks ago, I started uh, off talking about a photograph and 11 minutes later, we were still talking about it. So I'm warning you now in advance. We're not talking. We're not going spending that long talking about it this week. But there are two photographs in the Champion that catch my eye. One on the sport, the back page of the sport, and it's Natasha Barton with a photograph of Fecal goalkeeper Aver Quilligan celebrating a last gasp goal for Fecal to equalise during their senior championship clash with Newmarket on Fergus. As most people, I'd imagine, would have had a camera pointing down the far end of the pitch, uh, the pitch yeah. as Fecal scored. Uh, Natasha had the good temerity to sort of have the, the camera pointing at the Fecal goal. And uh, I think one could safely say Aver's quite happy with the result. Oh, it's a fantastic photograph. Yeah, fa 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 fabulous yeah. photograph. And, and, and then we it go. Takes, it only takes a minute to take that down a second. Yeah, yeah, absolutely. He just comes up and he'll be down again. Yeah, oh, exactly. Yeah. Uh, now yeah. we're going to go to the front page of the living section of, of the champion, and uh, we speak about him on a regular basis. But it's nice to see that uh, the other John Kelly, who, who for a change has actually pictured himself in a photograph taken by Arthur Ellis. Uh, uh, living legend in the frame himself, Clare Champion staff member to feature in prestigious book celebrating some of the world's best photographers, an article by Fiona McGarry. Pat, do you want to say a few words there? Yeah, so John is a, uh, John is, is a, is a well-known photographer and um, uh, he has some fantastic photographs on, on, on the Clare Champion on a regular basis. And he can take the, the unusual ones as well, if you're looking at the eye I have a pretty good one at the deck. He, yeah. he, he often takes those type of ones as well. He seems to be on the spot. On the spot, yeah, yeah. yeah. He's a great eye for a photograph. And he's spoken of the length and breadth of Ireland. He's, yeah. he's, he's, he has won many awards as well. Yeah, yeah. yeah. national yeah. and international. Yeah, yeah. And I see uh, his award-winning photograph, Fetch by Fetch. Uh, <laughs> features in this new book uh, by Peter Adams called A Few of the Legends. And it, it is, um, uh, how he managed to capture it is uh, fascinating. A, a man either taking a dive or going for a swim and his four-legged friend looking on quite, quite well. It, it's, it's a, a super one. It's a, yeah. an absolutely fa it, it, fabulous photograph, yeah. yeah. What's the title again? Uh, it's uh, Fetch by Fetch. Fetch. <laughs> <laughs> yeah, the, the dog telling the human to fetch. It's uh, worth buying so. the, the Clare Champion for that particular photograph alone. Yeah, absolutely. absolutely. So, uh, details of the book, a few of the legends are available on peteradams.com. So I said, uh, uh, hopefully uh, a, lot of, a lot of copies of that will be bought. And if, if the photographs that are in it are anything like some of John's, it's going to be well, well worth buying. Yeah. So, Right, uh, then just would say John himself has a nice picture on uh, page one of the champion and the title being Field of Dreams. 
uh, Isabel and Daniel Will Williams running through their dad's six acre field of wildflowers and herbs. Planted to promote biodiversity and in help insect, insect pollinators on Deer Park organic farm, farm at Dura. Mm -hmm. And uh, a very, uh, fo uh, very nice photograph there. And there's plenty of uh, biodiversity there. I think that's the best thing we, we can say, we can, we can say about that. Yeah. Just on that photograph, uh, Luke, it strikes me, there has never been this, in, 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 as long as I can remember anyway, as much talk across the country of the value of letting the fields grow and let the wild uh, flowers come yeah, back yeah. again. Mm -hmm. yeah. And do you notice that counties that have, you know, fairly well left the fertilizer, the artificial fertilizer, out of the story, they tend the meat coming from there. Yeah. Can I make a play for Roscommon? Well, sure, you're, you're going to make it whether we ask you or not, John, so go on. That's right. And mayo. Mayo as well. Yeah, yeah. The lamb coming off the land there. Limestone land mm -hmm. with limited, if you like, yeah. artificial fertiliser. Yeah. And then you have the wildflowers. Can you imagine that one that Luke showed us there a minute ago? Yeah. You know, the lovely Dougie, yeah, yeah. flowers mm -hmm. that'll be eaten by the animals. Mm -hmm. Yeah. And the flavours that will come with that. I see how many photographs in the paper were raised with John. I think it's up to $20, yeah. Um, the, so anybody else was a flood and, 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 and was a, um, an endless he died for his two children and I do. his wife. Yeah. And, and, and someone donated two acres of ground and they ploughed it and they, they sold uh, some cows in it. And it's a massive front of some cows now. That was on the paper the other day. Yeah, in the paper the other day. Yeah, yeah, yeah. 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 And they're, they're going out to the public now, I think, and maybe just you can donate some to about, to, yeah. you know, to, to collect money for some charity. Yeah. So it's, it's nice to see it. Indeed. Yeah. Now, we'll get on to a few um, meaty, um, pardon the pun, uh, uh, <laughs> titles. Page nine in the Echo and page it's six on the, on the Clare Champion, uh, Gordon Deegan has the article in both papers. Uh, Limerick toll profits double and then traffic guarantee payment by TII of 8.77 million part of toll firm profits. So uh, operating profits at the consortium which operates the 800 million euro Limerick tunnel, tolled tunnel, last year more than doubled to 16.44 million. New accounts show that direct route Limerick uh, enjoyed the operating profit surge as revenue soared 38% from 22.5 million to 31 million. A large contributor to the surge in revenues was TII, which is Transport Infrastructure Ireland, making operating payments of 8.77 million to direct route Limerick last year. This is a ninefold increase on the 975,000 paid out under that heading by TII to the consortium in 2020. That basically means we're paying for this company's profits, is no, my I understanding mean, of it. Luke, are you happy to sit silently there reading that? and not express your deeper concern? Well, the time for expressing concern, John, was uh, well before that tunnel was built, and it was uh, mentioned at, at, at the time, that this was built under the, the great PPP, yes. Public-Private Partnership, because there was no money in the country to do anything. So That's we had, we were told. So we had to get the private uh, industry involved, yeah. and it's a bit like we sort of seem to be paying them uh, ever since. Now. Uh, my understanding with it is there's a 30-year deal on the bridge, sorry, on the tunnel, and yeah. it'll go back to the ownership of the state after that. But uh, for that period of time, 
Uh, and I, I suppose it's to basically to try and sweeten the carrot to get the private investment in the first place. Guarantees had to be given with regards to the number of cars that were going to go yeah, through. Covered. Yeah. Yeah. yeah, yeah. But it's a bit, again, we, we seem to have difficulty in getting the figures mm -hmm. uh, right. Yeah. That, the amount that comes back, back to the state out of the toll. Well, I, I think, uh, my, if I remember right, the only thing they would be getting back out of at this stage would be VAT. Do you remember there was a thing a few years ago uh, on the M50, there was an argument over, we'll say, were VAT payments being made, so the, the toll figures actually yeah. went up, I think, 10 or 15 cents to accommodate for that. But no, the answer is no. Yeah. You know, no. Mm. Well, anyway, uh, our readers will be able to find the story in the Echo, won't they? Yeah, and basically the tunnel is open uh, since July 2010 and it costs uh, €2 Euros to go through it. And as I said, the concession period ends in 2041, to be handed back to uh, uh, TIL then. So I said, we, we, we'll see what will be around at that stage. But yeah, the, yeah. the difference with it is the Jack, Jack Lynch tunnel in Cork is not a tolled tunnel. At all? Nope. So the state yeah. paid for that. Paid for it. You know? So. While we're on kind of the car world and everything else, there's an article by Ty Holland in the Echo on page, um, page nine again, same page, the car hire prices. And that's a, a flummoxed. Uh, sadly, right. sadly not, John, not? because uh, we've read about it before. And this is one of the irony, the ironic ones in that it's an effect of COVID in that the, the car hire companies, I think, got cut out badly in 2020 because they had bought their cars for the year and then the country got locked down effectively for, say, the guts of two years. Yeah. So they got left with a load of new cars that, and with no one to hire them. And I think this year it seems to be that, I, my understanding is um, some of the companies involved, I, I know Hertz, for example, have a garage now in, uh, in Limerick. You know, yeah. a Hertz garage. Yeah, so I presume they're selling their rental cars, which is a new one on me. You know, it wouldn't have been there pre-COVID. But it looks now as if they basically, they, rather than get caught again, they've had less cars. And with less yeah. cars and demand, the price goes up. So and you have this have scenario. Any, have either of you uh, any anecdotal I, 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 I have more than anecdotal and evidence. I, I was talking to a friend of mine during the week uh, whose brother came home the first week of July and he had to pay £4,000 for a car in Shannon. Take that slowly, please, Luke. Oh, uh, right. Yeah, it says here in this uh, article here that Shannon, 10 days, uh, a car rent, rent uh, to rent a vehicle in Shannon Airport and helps car rentals. Immediate range. In intermediate range for 10 days now costs 2,419 euros and 13 cents. Damien, do you think this will impact on uh, mid, mid, mid player or mid uh, Limerick or mid Tipperary? Do you think that this. Well, I think it will impact, uh, impact oh, in yes. general. Uh, and no, I know it's not just Shannon, it's Cork and uh, yeah. Dublin, yeah. Dublin as well have had uh, the, the issues. Uh, in relation to car hires, but uh, I suppose Shannon being a smaller market, I suppose, you know, there'll be yeah. less cars available there, yeah. but it's, um, we'll say the article in the Echo, John, you've referred to there with Ty Colland writing, um, he has Martin Canavan of Moher Hill Open Farm and Leisure Centre told Clare Echo, 
Quote, international tourism is a part of our business here being close to the cliffs and a reduction is noticeable. He thinks it is because of the high cost of the car rentals and the cost of accommodation has got dear. Yeah. You yeah. know, and he says on pre-pandemic levels at that stage, it could be back 25%. Yeah, but I, I was talking to Philaninus, who rents cars, and he was, he was talking about maybe 1,300 for the week. And this one Which year, really there's only half that, really. 2,500 for 10 yeah. days. And he was, he was booked out, he said he was booked out from July and August. Yeah. With your cast, he had, yeah. Yeah. Well, you'd be surprised if you, you weren't booked out for uh, August, you know, and say it is. Uh, <laughs> if you're not booked out that J- month. July and August, you'd start to say you might be struggling uh, yeah. for, for later on. But we're going to go back a page or two. Just going back, just look before we go from the from the public private partnership. And I have the school, it's another school that's one of my grand of a public private partnership as well. The school in Chorano uh, as for example, that was that was built by them. Yeah. And yeah. they 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 they'll they, That's they'll, been so bad, bad for a number of years. Yeah. Um, so Clare County Council's offices are a public private partnership. Yeah. What about the library? The library I'm not aware of. But, yeah. uh, the, but you're the, right about the school. And they also do a, a certain um, Maintenance and overseeing. Oh, they do. Yeah, 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 yeah. But the, the government are paying so much and, and, and uh, so much here for, for that as well. I said, you know. Yeah. You'd sort of wonder, as the man says, if they knew then what they knew now. Yeah. And it seems to me that uh, the government has no shortage of money thrown out for anything now that, you know, we'll say a few years ago that they could have said, right, we'll run a bit of a higher deficit, but actually invest in infrastructure. And is that not one of the things that has been proven to be true all down the years, that investment in infrastructure yeah. is never a waste of money? Correct. Now, sometimes the bills can go a little bit high, but they always say you'll never build it as soon as the day you start. Because if you keep kicking the can down the road, the cost will, 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 will go up. Well, I'm going to go back to the tourist uh, side of things because yeah. uh, I, I see on page 14 of the Echo, and it's also in um, uh, page 20 of the Champion, uh, there's a picture of the mayor, uh, yeah. uh, page 14 and 15 in the Echo. I think you know it's uh, Visit Clare uh, are sponsoring uh, some of this. And basically flying the flag for tourism. Uh, now, Shannon only got a very brief mention, John, while you were gone away. We had no bitching to be done at all about, really? you, about Shannon. Yeah. yeah. So, um, uh, a delegation pictured at Shannon Airport ahead of the Clare Tourism Promotion at Milwaukee Irish Music Fest, which, uh, Pat, you have told us is one of the biggest um, uh, festivals in, in the America. Yeah. Irish, uh, yeah, festivals in the world, especially. Yeah. Yeah. There's 120, 120 acts in it. Yes, yeah, so and yeah. you, you have... Yeah, and, 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 uh, <laughs> Okay. You know, so a, a great picture there of uh, the mayor flying the flag, literally uh, head, heading out, uh, and uh, no better man than Indeed, Tony to do a bit of uh, plug-in. But I, I, I'm impressed by his line to start with. Yes, okay, what does he, say? he says the purpose of the trip will be to highlight Shannon Airport as a key gateway to the west of Ireland and to increase overnight bed stays in Clare through yeah. the promotion of all its attractions in all areas of the county. This trip is all about the business, tourism and local government sectors working together to be proactive in how we directly market our county in the wider region to a wider audience. I'm delighted to lead the Clare delegation to Milwaukee and I'm confident that Clare will reap the benefits in 2023. What's going on that now? Uh, well, I just see a few of the people uh, pictured here. 
There's a few people from Falch, Ireland, uh, the Cliffs of Moher experience, uh, Morris Walsh, manager of Dirty Nellies, yeah. uh, vice chair of Clare Tourism Advisory Forum, and Sean Lally, manager of uh, the Woodstock Hotel. Uh, two people who I know myself and who are well versed into the whole tourism side of things and would have a, a strong thoughts and opinions, but strong beliefs as well in the tourist product, because both of them have been involved in tourism in Clare for a large number of years and I, I'd be well happy that they would uh, be doing their best as well. Uh, I think it's near Chicago, uh, John, I said my knowledge of the States isn't that good, but uh, uh, Tony O'Brien said that plans have been put in place to meet with delegates from the nearby Consulate General of Ireland in Chicago, so I'd say it's close enough to <laughs> that neck of the woods, so uh, hopefully they'll uh, get to see uh, some of the sights and sounds and hopefully they can bring a lot of people back, uh, you know, so uh, and it said on page 15 of the Echo there as well, you can see open spaces, amazing places, and so th there's a nice uh, and, and article on it there. Look, um, the actual appearance which Claire gives now to the visitor, the physical appearance, okay, one cannot but say, well done to our fellow county, county women and county men, because our houses, our villages are slowly being you know, presented in five-star fashion, aren't they? Well, I think, I, 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 we'd like to think that we've always been all right, John. No, we haven't. So. No, you can always do better. Is your darling village, or the Callens Mills, is that looking well now for the... The, the visitor that's on his way to. And that's what the grants come into that we were mentioning. Yeah, but the thing is that at least if there's a Clare delegation over there, they'll be advertising Shannon Airport. And right. this is this is the big problem that I think a lot of the yeah. tourist bodies in the States have. They don't know Shannon exists. Okay. You know? Okay. Now, if the boys were able to get a flight from uh, Chicago to Shannon back on the agenda, now that would that say, would that would that that would uh, yeah. uh, be of particular interest, you know. True. I see Dieter was as head of tourism, Clare County Council is on the delegation as well. Yes. And she won team from from um, from Farch Island. Yeah. yeah. So listen, we we'll wish and them the best. Cliff the sales and customers, Cliff Samoa, Melanie, but I I I actually had this morning um, Riley of um, the Riley of um, head of communications is on on Clare Finns this morning and uh, she said that they're finally out, well, extremely happy with the way Shannon has gone this year and she's, she's, <clears throat> she's gone over pre-pandemic uh, traffic figures. figures. Yeah. And that they're hoping, they're, they're, they'll be very confident that they'll have extra flights from Shannon next summer. So, so let's be kind. Take good news. To yeah. Ryan there. No, yeah. we'll always be kind to Ryan. But there are people yeah. out there who Poor mouth, don't you? Well, no, they offer, they offer a service, they offer, they don't offer a sort of luxury. But no. if you want to get from A to B and you're happy enough with where B is in relation to where you want to go, Absolutely. You, you won't do much better. Mm. And, and I said, I think uh, we, 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 we... I've traveled with them lots of times. Well, lots of times, you know, I've traveled now, but any time I've traveled, I've traveled with and I've there is an article, there's a number of articles in the Clare Champion, and I'd say I've lost my page, but it's basically, 
we're basically talking about issues down in Kilban in relation to a proposed uh, wind farm. You had it open there, Pat. Page 13. Page 4 of the Well, 13 now is basically, uh, this is in relation to um, Solar. A solar farm, solar, John. Yeah. Dan Danaher is writing there, John. Do you want to tell us about that? I, we, we know it, it's technically, you know, it could be sort of half close enough to us for the second part, but we want to talk about it in the, for, in the first part. So you, you tell us about it. Okay, we're talking about uh, the southeast there, right, Pat? No, yeah, 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 yeah. yeah. Okay. Ardna Crochet area. 125 acres. The suggestion is that this would be the site for a major solar farm. Mm. It's because very close to Arden Crusher, so access there it, it, is, is a positive. Yeah, I think last week, to say it's going to be the biggest in Ireland, so... Yeah. Now, the proposal, however, has prompted, Luke, a, a series of submissions from 22 residents, and one stands out, and that's Peter Sweetman, Oh, yeah. Wild Ireland Defence, CLG and others. They, they are, the main objections seem to be coming from the local area. Yeah. And um, they, they, they raise a certain kind of argument against the idea of having a, a solar farm of that size. They say there's a fire threat. Okay. That's interesting. They speak of the biodiversity loss. They speak of the environment itself being degraded. All of them now, of course, but a lot of them have houses that are very close to this. Yeah, yeah, yeah. And um, the fencing, and the photograph of the, of, of the kind of fencing there, I don't know if that's the one that's in mind, um, two and a half metres, that's taller than myself now, mm. right on, to make sure the deer can't get over it. Oh, yeah. And then there's the question of robbery. Mm. These are the, the kind of the, some of the arguments yeah. that the objectors, the locals, have. Now, it raises a very, very serious question because solar has been, it's been mentioned as a significant potential. For yeah, well, that was on last week. There was a good write up on, on the East Cape Pacific and then it will yeah, and they, but they were saying that they were going to, was going to and people had, had problems with the cameras, they, they were going to have cameras on it. Yeah. There'd be cameras there, and they were... were and what did you say yourself about? They were, well, they, were, they, they had concerns about, um, about people passing and their, I suppose, their privacy being, you know, this, this PDR, whatever they call it, their, their, their privacy being, yeah. being, being, being photographed and with cameras and all this kind of stuff. But of course, look at you, you, look at you, the same thing down in you, uh, the presence of Wintham, concentrating these south place down in, in Kilbane as well. So. Yeah, so from, from solar to wind, wind. you know, I, I, lots, I think, lots of hot air. Um. Yeah. <laughs> I think in these situations, uh, those companies don't come in and, and, and have an open meeting. And, and I think down in Kilbane, they've, they've got a, a, a port of heaven. Yeah. And they're tapped below, and four people, I think only three or four people could go in and talk to them at the same time, and there was a big, big, big group around. But um, they were expecting a protest, but there was no protest. Um, Gallup President went down, concentration leaves all place, no sign of anticipated protest against developers, EGF renewables, a clinic in Kildare and Tuesday. And then, then I had the story. 
in the in the in the church chapter on page four. The presence of a number of, of ungarbage carnage there and for so-called protest level, which we realize against the force wind and left the south face among residents who gathered to attend the public consultation clinic on Tuesday evening. One girl that stood in the village during the information clinic that was organized by EDF and Nobles, and the second girl that came in a different yeah. vehicle for a brief period, the counting shortly after and it was patient to clear there was no sign of any public demonstration. What do you feel about it yourself? I don't know what was, I don't know, I don't know, I didn't say anything about it anymore until I see it on the, on the paper. Uh, it appeared funny, maybe the, maybe the, the the company had, had informed the Gandhi that was going to be protest. I don't really know. Yeah, you like know. E- e- EGF Renewables are, they're a huge company. Yeah, they're a worldwide, you know, energy yeah. energy energy company. Um, yeah. yeah, look, John, we've had this debate, uh, you know, for years, and they've had it in particular over, we'll say, West Clare and Ina, when you see, you know, you, you see the big, the, the big far, wind farm that that's over there. Yeah. Um, there's a wind farm being spoken about, we'll say, for Budike, Broadford, uh, Tungraney, Ogunlo, that basically has crept under the radar that nobody's really talking about at all, that's waiting for a decision at Board Planola. And then you have these two um, plans. Now, we'll say the residents, uh, 60 to 70 people apparently uh, show, showed up, and according to the article that Dan has here, it says, Re- residents gathered in a group of about 70, as they waited to meet three company representatives in the caravan that could only accommodate at a maximum of six people at any one time. Uh, you know, now the EDF aren't developing the two farms. They're, it's called the Lacra and Fahi Beg Wind Farms. It says, even though those two are being developed by different companies about a mile apart in one catchment area, plans are underway to set up a joint, res- joint residence committee with representatives from both localities. We've said it before, there are issues in relation to onshore wind and sort of uh, having uh, turbines, you know, um, sort of close to houses. There are different regulations into it. And there's so, like everything else in this uh, uh, country, John, where things don't, uh, uh, you know, get brought up to date with proper planning. I know you're going to refer to something there in part in, in a minute, but uh, Dan also has an article on page four of the news there. Uh, of the champion. Uh, TD calls for the urgent publication of updated wind farm guidelines. And De- Deputy Cottle Crow has called on the government, uh, of which he's a member, I should hasten to add, uh, to publish long-awaited new planning guidelines for wind turbines without any further delay. Frustration is growing amongst communities throughout Clare who have major misgivings about the proliferation of wind turbines and the ongoing delay in updating the 2006 National Wind Energy Guidelines. Now. Have you any thoughts in relation to that? 2006 guidelines in 2022, John. I thought, uh, as, as you posed the question, Luke, I'm looking at a photograph on page nine of the, um, the champion. And if you wanted to uh, look for something that would support uh, an anti-wind uh, turbine, that photograph sends it out to you. In the name of heaven, how was it allowed to have a, a turbine like that, as illustrated now in the photograph by John Kelly? Okay, and it's sickening. Do you agree? 
Um, it shouldn't have happened. It, the houses were there. And all we're seeing as we look across from the front of the house is this massive turbine above. I'm in favor of turbines, but location has to be number one. Location based on a couple of factors. One, the aesthetics, and two, the, the science of the wind at a particular spot. But I don't care. No way could I support at all. I'd be leading the van there. Um, right, well, if I put it to you that the reason uh, that turbine isn't operational is a distance of 37 metres. Yeah. From? Where the planning permission Correct. was granted. Which, of course, number is, is minuscule. No, 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 John, no. it's minuscule. 37 metres. 100 feet, a bit more. 100, oh. 100 feet in the bigger scheme of things, John, is a very small distance. But so, violating the, the violation. But no, 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 no. There was planning permission granted for it. Not for that spot. Exactly. 37 metres, John. From that spot. But Correct. what's the difference? If, if it was 100, if it was 37 feet, 37 metres away from you and they built it in the exact spot where they had the planning permission, what would your thoughts be? Because that photo would look the exact same. It would actually. And I so would what, what are you... What, I'm against that what I'm looking at there. Yeah, but the council granted permission for it. They shouldn't have. Why? Well, no. It wasn't, it wasn't appealed to Board Planola. Well, the, the company, the company, uh, um, it's it's a, it's 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 um, feeding effects with the elders in employing seventy people that are, are yeah. making uh, captains for the for the food industry. Yeah. So I suppose they are, they appear to be looking for um, retention anyway. The, the company to retain it again. But how did the residents? How did the residents? Yeah. Who owned the houses we're looking at there? How did they actually let that happen? I, I don't know. I don't know. You know. Hmm? I don't know. You know. That's all. So it makes it difficult to... to Planning was granted, John. I know. I you know. could have objected. I could have objected. Pat could have objected. Okay. Everyone could have objected. But well, we didn't. No, we, we didn't uh, well, know. I, 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 if you want to look at the council, the planning applications for, I would say, across the country are one of the most transparent things you can come across. I know they are, but I mean, you have to have time on hands to, uh, you know, follow uh, the patterns. Mm. But, uh, it's in relation to all this wind farm and all the whole the whole shebang about the the the, the, the farm in thirteen or in Armaprussia yeah. and, and, and Kilbane. Like you're talking of uh, seven seven in one one place here in Kilbane and and, and eight is in another, something like that. And then you have nineteen up between up in the mountain up in the hills there between Bradford and Bradike. Yeah. So, you know, you're you're talking of 34 or 5, I think it was, you know, between, between both, both locations. Now, I, I think the, the, the companies, the companies the stone they've put up those, uh, the, the likes of those, this company, EDF Renewables, and, and any of the companies, yeah. they don't seem to, to have public consultation at all. They have to be kind of dragged in. Right. They have to be dragged in to, to have consultation yeah. with people. Yeah. Which, which, the first thing you do is maybe go down and hire the hall in Bradford and invite the people in. and. Well, Pat, I put it to you. I put it. I put it to you, Pat. That's the last thing they want to do. 
I know, sure, but, but you see, they're, 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 if they did, they might get the people with them and, and explain and let you know. It'd be one way to get the people with them, and I will say if you had updated uh, planning guidelines, it might be one of them. I just, I just notice um, to be one way to get the people with them, uh, as I've mentioned previously. If you said to anyone living within a five or ten mile radius of a turbine that has a sign of goodwill and gratitude for allowing the turbine to be built in your community, that you would see an appropriate credit be attached to everybody's ESB bill or electric bill on a yearly basis. Mm-hmm. Why couldn't that happen? That would because it would make sense, <laughs> and it's not going to happen. But I, I, I just see that would say that article uh, that Dan has also, John, that you've alluded to, uh, in in page nine. I said Tim, Timmy, uh, Senator Dooley told the Clare Champion he was shocked the wind turbine was initially granted planning permission in view of the fact it wasn't identified as an area of strategic importance. Uh, and he says that even if it was built in the proper location, he pointed out some residents would still be opposed to it. Mm. Uh, no, but they said it was granted permission. Yeah. And uh, he, said, he claimed that the 100 metre tall wind turbine is taller than the tower which houses Big Ben in, in London. And he says he recalled a planning application for a 20 metre high aircom telecoms mast in Westbury was refused planning permission two years ago on grounds it would seriously injure residential visual amenities. And only last week when we had uh, Fiona McGarry of the Clare Champion on the programme here, yes. she was talking about the application for a 21 metre mast in Scarif from air as well, you know, to replace the existing 12 metre mast. Yeah. So there's a, there's a little bit here of, um, you know, we, we, we all sort of seem to be on the green brigade now, we want a bit of wind and all this type of stuff, and you know, we need to sort of re- take away um, Putin's oil and Putin's gas and all the rest of it, but it has to come from somewhere. Now, as I said before, I, I think a lot of it should come from offshore, but listen, well, yeah, that, we, that argument could go on off. for... Uh, in, yeah. uh, in plugging the northwest, yep. off the, 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 the northwest coast of Clare, which yeah. had the ideal conditions. Why do we get away from that? Oh, look, because uh, they have to look after the east of the country first, John. Do you not know? You know, if it's not in Dublin, they'll make sure it's over clo- close to Dublin. But uh, uh, as I said, page four and page five and page nine of the champion, there's lots of uh, articles well, well worth reading there. Listen, uh, uh, we didn't do too bad with photos, but time is catching up. Uh, there's a few pictures of roses there in the paper, uh, Pat, and um, uh, there, there is a, a Claire, a lady, we say, was a Claire. Oh, yeah. Um, yeah, we're just here on the front loop. Yeah, Claire yeah. Rose. Yeah, the Matthew Warren in Rose of Trevelyan, and she's from page one. Uh, the Matthew Sailor at Kingston, Ohio, Ohio, and Rose of Trevelyan. The Matthew Sailor at Kingston, Ohio, and Rose of Trevelyan. Thinking of the tour of roses for Ages and Monday and Tuesday. And HS and Monday and Tuesday. And all my answers to the story, they are in front of the and it's in page two as well. And there's a whole shade there with a group of roses, including the Ohio rose. <laughs> and, uh, so, so they're well known, so they're well known uh, festival every year. And this was just, it's just a definite. No, it's a still going, as the man says. Big fouls somewhere. If they had a Wisconsin rose, we might be interested to see what she sort of gives Shannon a plug. <laughs> but, uh, listen, now, I said, uh, I'm gone way over time, but there was two articles I didn't get to. Uh, on the Echo, and I'm sure it's in the champion as well, page eight. Roche demolition bill totals 23.3 million over the past two years. The bill to Swiss pharma giant Roche in decommissioning and demolishing his County Clare plant has totaled 23 million over two years. 
Shocking. Part of you sort of there isn't ashamed that they couldn't have put something else into it. Aren't, aren't we lucky in a way that Finsa buildings appear to have been bought up? Yeah, well, you see and what they utilised as uh, warehousing. Well, it's currently been utilised, and hopefully there'll be a little I bit more. Uh, I, well, I think they tried to sell Rosh, but uh, to see if they couldn't buy, get a buyer. No, they couldn't get a buyer, and uh, I suppose uh, to develop, to, to change that building now to sell so long and to upgrade it, it probably cost as much maybe to demolish it and, and rebuild it. And then you have a lot of. I think you, you, you have to take out a lot of clay off the place as well. There's a lot of uh, contamination in, in, in the ground there and they have to move a yeah. lot of, 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 of clay and all that type of stuff. That will happen in, in the case of, of Finsa as well. Yeah, yeah. Mm. Mm. And I see also on, on page four of the Echo, and it's in the Champion as well, uh, the West Clare uh, hotel owner is not coming over to visit his uh, hotel in Dubeg. What's your own feeling about... about uh, the proposed visit, which has been abandoned now, apparently. What's your own view that look? Um, I'd say you'd thank the FBI to a certain extent for it, because uh, the raid on Mar-a-Lago, I would imagine, is a um, uh, primary reason why he's not coming over. Um, people will have their own opinions on it, but as we have said before here, uh, be it Trump or whoever it is, there's a hotel in Dunbeg that employs an awful lot of people in an area that otherwise would have a lot less people employed, especially during the summer, but also dur during, during the winter. Uh, I see uh, Parik McMahon writes, uh, Barack Obama's distant awfully cousin, Henry Healy has said he wouldn't meet Trump on an Irish visit if he was asked to. Quote, I wouldn't be hungry and I don't play golf, he stated. He's a former president of the United States and so he should be afforded the dignity, courtesy and respect that that office deserves. Now, we'll say where Boric uh, had an article last week that basically the, the Live Golf International Series might be sort of hosting uh, a, a competition there in 2024. Now, that could be um, uh, spec more speculation and oh, I'd say yeah, at some stage he could appear to say that. Owen Ryan has a, has, a, has, a, has a story here on page two, Luke, and he says, as, you know, it, it, it is understood that the preliminary preparations have been made for his visit, but he confirmed the truth that he will not be going ahead. While little had been done to, in practice um, to make make more concrete preparations for uh, Trump's arrival, Trump has expected to visit him big, along with Greg Norman, who designed the County Clare course course and is now CEO of the controversial Saudi-backed LIV tour. The possibility of hosting an LIV tournament in Dundee was, was to be explored and the prospect is believed to be still on the table. So, luckily. I would imagine if he's not here this year, he could be over here next year and they, they could be announcing the golf tournament there. Listen, John, we've gone way over time and we were talking about roses there, Pat, and uh, your choice of music for this week may have a rose tinted hint to it. Uh, <laughs> it's, 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 it's the Rose of Tully is on next week, uh, Luke. We'll go with uh, the Rose of Tully from John McCormack, back from, I think, 1930. OK, nearly as old as the festival itself, I'd say so. Right, we'll be back in a few minutes. Oh, 
Right, uh, the Rosa Tralee there, uh, finishing part one. And Pat, at the start of part two, you want to talk about a rose from uh, Dune Beg's side? Oh yeah, there's a, a, a nice photograph there on, um, on page. As we're talking about roses, uh, Luke, the, the, the rose of Clare was, was uh, um, found last week, back in Port Clare. And it's a page here from Champion, and there's a lovely photograph there of uh, uh, Roisin Kelly, and we'll congratulate her on her. I'm in the 2022 Rose of Clare competition. Okay, uh, congratulations to her. And now we'll say, as the man says, for something totally different, and we're coming back over our own neck of the woods. Uh, Park McMahon has an article on page seven of the Clare Echo. James Tracy licensed to thrill. A uh, picture of uh, James there taken, uh, I'd say, down at Knockerfort looking out at Holy Island. And uh, it says, uh, uh, James is now going to be calling himself the East Clare matchmaker. I'm Ireland's mm. newest matchmaker, he commented. He could not call me the daily. Well, well, I mean, he, yeah, well, sure, you could have East Clare. East, east, east could, and West. East could mean East West. But uh, James's plans to go East, uh, as in Eastern Europe, uh, sort of got scuppered uh, earlier this year, we'll say, due to um, uh, uh, Vladimir Putin uh, taking his, his war into Ukraine. And uh, Thursday of this week was supposed to be the departure date for a tour led by James where a group of 40 men were to travel to the Ukraine where they hoped to find a wife. And James says, I got a huge response from all over Ireland and I, I would have got a bigger response if there wasn't an, in, a war in Ukraine, which wasn't my fault. Well, there's certainly one thing you can't blame East Clare for the war in Ukraine. Oh, this is, an, this is a one-to-one -one interview with, with um, Park McMahon. Yes, yes. Right? Yeah. He says the, the, tour, the tour to Ukraine was supposed to be a dating, but the war broke out and then the Ukrainian women came to Ireland, so I thought we could tap into that. Why not? James said that a Ukrainian woman in her 50s, now living in Dublin, is among the early clientele for his agency, having heard James speak on national radio. And, uh, quotes, she wants to find a farmer down the country. She has been living in Ireland for a while. Well, now, James uh, himself uh, had uh, met a, a very, very fine a young lady, a doctor, and um, they were getting on quite well. But then again, that darn well uh, war uh, upset and scuttled his plans. But he has many who want to find a farmer down the country. And uh, he's one in particular who has been living in Ireland for a while, which actually I think we should get a, a percentage of the agency fees, because he seems to crop up quite frequently in our media programmes, okay? Well, Farmers appear, Luke, to be his biggest base. 46 is the average age, how about that now, uh, of persons to express an interest, with a 21-year-old male also making contact, while the 72-year-old Clare Farmer, with, wait for 45 acres of land, also made inquiries to the East Clare man. Now, I'd be asking, has he got lake frontage? <laughs> he has, I think. Yeah. Yeah. <laughs> yeah. Good, good, good stuff. Well, yeah. listen, as, as I said, James says, it was $4,000 to go on the trip to Ukraine, and we'll say for this new facility, he's uh, offering, it's 170 for men to join, and yeah. free for women. And he's defending the pricehood mm. uh, in, yeah. in the article, and, and people buy it, he says, coffee for $6. And all that does is make them need to go for the wee-wee. From the service I have, you could get a family for that. There are plenty of other dating sites out there for Ukrainians, such as, and he gives a list of them. 
but uh, he's calling himself these clear matchmaker. Yeah, well, sure, listen. We, we wish him all the best. He's yeah, there. exactly. Yeah. And yeah. Said you could be interviewing him in Spanish Hill next, next year. There could be East Meets meet West. And we're going to Killaloo, Pat. And yeah. there yeah, is... Yeah, they're a leading party in England, Westies. Yeah. Killaloo Coast Guard and a few members of the public, not to block the narrow access road to the Fearhead, but camping and places where it's impossible for volunteers to pass with, with their vehicles. Over the past week, a number of occasions, on a number of occasions, access to the, the Coast Guard station at Pierhead Kildo had been locked by cars leaving the cul-de-sac completely inaccessible for crews responding to emergency calls. No parking signs were only erected a few months ago, were, a few months ago were also illegally removed from the walls of the cul-de-sac route. A, a, a Killaloo Coast Guard spokesman appeared to all people using the fantastic facilities at Pierhead to keep access to the Coast Guard station clear and keep in mind volunteers need to respond to some incidents by towing a rescue boat. I, I think that's uh, I, 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 that's a serious issue because um, the, the, like the, if you if you if you if you stop from the emergency services from from access and that. Yeah, it's a, it's a sign. It's a bit of it is a sign of success. John, off here, you were just inquiring exactly where the location of it is. And yes. um, yes. we'll say, as people would be going down to Killaloo, and we say, we say, just before you sort of see your glimpse of the water, we'll say, uh, there's a shrine on the left hand side, and the entrance to what's known as the pier head and the Coast Guard is just there. Now, it's a very narrow track. It is a very narrow track. I would think there's a strong possibility that some people don't even realise the Coast Guard are down there and they just start to say, oh, there's a road here, I'll, I'll park my car, yeah, yeah. just to get yeah. it off the road. Because if you parked it out on the road, you would be causing more of an obstruction. It's a, I think it's a little bit uh, like, we'll say, the parking situation out in Two Mile Gate with cars parked on the side of the road. It's sort of uh, success and we'll say the summer weather, lots of people around and uh, the Irish man and woman's uh, lack of ability to park a car in the proper place and to actually walk maybe 10 or 20 yards further than they want to. That's just a, a bit here. A spokesman said there has been cases where people park on the, on the laneway, go for a walk and can't be found and volunteers need to move the vehicles. I don't know, it's just, it's just, um, it's just something serious, really. Uh, yeah. Because um, time is, is the essence in, in, in an emergency if somebody, if something happens in the yeah. day. I, I, it probably couldn't be done, but I, if you ask me what I think the solution to it would be, put up a temporary barrier. Mm. to stop cars yeah. parking there in general. But I'm not sure if that could be done due, yeah. due to uh, situations. Now, we're going to stay in Killaloo for a while because on page seven of uh, the champion, Dan Danner has a, an article, well, we're technically crossing the water into Ballinla, but uh, the surprise closure of one of the landmark pubs and restaurants on the banks of the River Shannon has been described as a major loss for both locals and tourists. Uh, after 18 fantastic years in business, chefs Fidel and Thomas Andrews have decided to hang up their aprons at Goose's Bar and Restaurant on uh, 28th of August. Now, uh, I think most people in East Clare and from further away as well know all about the Goosers, but to say we've probably mm -hmm. all ate it there at yeah, some stage yeah, over, yeah, over some the years and, yeah. and enjoyed it. No, lovely, I, I, lovely, lovely place and uh, yeah. sticking out by the lake or by the river. Yeah, I, I said I had passed comment myself that um, 
I had noticed that we'll say on some of the days during the week it had been closed. Now it's not the only venue. Uh, I've noticed a lot of um, restaurants around uh, Clare and Limerick have been closed. We'll say on either a Monday or a Tuesday. Uh, during the week and I think that's a combination of COVID, lack of staff and what staff they have they need to give them a break but um, uh, it's uh, said the the mayor of course uh, being a good Killaloo man said it was sad to see the report concerning the imminent closure of Goosers and he quote Goosers has been an iconic attraction bringing in countless tourists into Killaloo and Ballina for many years and it has because you know it was one of those venues that you know the lovely thatched roof lovely uh, seating area outside uh, good food, good, um, plenty of good uh, wine and alcohol down there as well. And are, will are, we be sure, are we sure, lads, that the um, uh, the restaurant itself will not, uh, you know, survive with the new owner? Well, I have to wait and see if there is a new owner, John. That that's the thing. Yeah, they might. Yeah, they might see the the. the, the, the it's released anyway, was it? Would be, would one would imagine so. Yeah, you know. It's so. probably released again by somebody else. It was your man, wasn't it, your man? Ducky, not Ducky. Yeah, he was. Yeah, it was an offshoot, sort of. Some not in the same style, we'd say, with the same patch roof and stuff as well. Right, listen, we're going to sort of also on page five, Pat, you spotted an ad there from Tipperary County Council. Yeah, Tipperary County County Council have an ad here on the corner of, the, of page 5. Uh, if any of our listeners want to look at the proposal of the Green uh, Public Consultation number 1. Tipperary County Council now invites residents of local area, members of the public, and other interested counties to participate in a non stationary public consultation and on the study area and constraints for the proposed Lockyer Greenway project. Well, it's, it's from the Tipperary side of the river, but it's supposed to. It, 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 it affects the East Clare side as well to a degree, but um, they're, they're looking for them. Um, and they have, um, you can go to the civic offices in uh, Limerick Road, Nina, of the Kildoo Public Library. And um, there'll, be, there'll be public viewing times there if, if, if anyone wants to. Okay, so that ad is on page five of the Champion. Champion. Junk. Now, these are good news with regard to employment. Go on. There is a factory in Whitegate, we all know it. Um, it's under the management of, of Paul, Mac, uh, um, Paul Mac-Latin. Okay. and he is desperately looking for 15 workers. And so far, he has failed to get them. So we, I said we'd, we'd give an invitation out to the listeners this evening. Okay, so uh, job opportunities in Whitegate. Job like opportunities in Whitegate. Okay. Okay, Sinead. Okay, Sinead, right, John. Uh, now, we have about two minutes left. Uh, Fiona McGarry has an article on the we'll say East and South East Clare uh, page of the Champion, which is page 13, of course, as usual. And permission sought for development in Tulla. They're looking for another uh, 60 houses in Tulla. Pat. Uh, the one in the middle, the bottom of the hill there, uh, the bottom of, of uh, Ashlow. Uh, there's a site there that was sold recently, and uh, they have looked for planning permission for 60 houses there. It's across the road from uh, another estate that was built there back a few years, maybe nine or ten years ago. There. And um, down there, the, the forge. The forge? Yeah, the forge. Yeah, yeah Braskett's forge was there at the bottom of the hill and the, yeah. the house was a bit to the back of it. So it's across the road from there. And um, mm. there's 60 houses going up on it and they have a private plan of permission. And I tell you, 
there's a, in, the, in the region there were 100 houses going up in Tullahat, there wasn't time between social know? housing out the back door and, yeah, and the school sites. A glorious opportunity to take a, a 19th century village, large mm. village, and as it expands to create, a, you know, an ideal, not to have houses just coming up mm. and logged on here or logged on there, yeah, yeah. but as part of an overall plan. Mm -mm. And the same applies to, to Quinn as mm. well. Yeah. I think the, an integrated type of a, um, a planning approach to uh, development in those, and the same would happen in Broadford. When it yeah. Well, I, I, I know of two families in Elkadahans Mills that have to buy two houses in Tuller. And well, one, one girl, she's after getting married, and uh, she, were living, she was living in a, in, a, in a house that she got from, from uh, a cousin of hers. And um, there was a lot of work done, and she was going to do an extension in Ireland. She, she, she was, I think it was easier to buy this house in Tuller. So they are moving up to Tuller. Another family moved back from Dublin. Uh, they scattered she's from Okadahans Middle Village. Yeah. And uh, her husband's in Dublin, they moved down and the children were going to Okadahans Middle School, but I've got a house at Tuller now as well. Yeah, Tuller's so, where, where is that, but Pat? Yeah, we're trying to see Okadahans Middle being developed. Well, so well, well things, but we're going to sort of finish over your next words now. 12 o'clock Hills Heritage Walk goes down a storm and sweltering heat. Tell us about it in 30 seconds. Yeah, <laughs> yeah the, the record temperature is 13, 29 degrees Celsius and the cloudless sky over the backdrop a recent 12 o'clock Hills Heritage Tour, which attracted participants from across East Clare and further afield. The tour organised a map National Heritage Week set off from Belvoir Carter. The route taken was via the Crag River to the 19th century Crag Bridge and the river and the river's mini waterfall. Much satisfaction of the participants were <coughs> was in cooling breezes between the trees for this section of the walk. So I, I won't go through the articles we have at the time, but uh, they had a very good walk there. Uh, it was Anthony Peston, everyone about it, and he said they had a... a good, a good. They had a house sites up the hill. Excellent. Right, listen, time for us to go. The clock has beaten us again. John S., many thanks. Pat, many thanks. Thank you. Uh, and uh, what are we finishing up with, Pat? Well, Elvis, Elvis Presley died 45 oh. years ago this week. He so left the building. We'll, yeah. we'll, we'll, we'll celebrate... Um, uh, Elvis was in the ghetto. In the ghetto, right. And far far from there being any ghettos in East Clare, thankfully. <laughs> so we're all developed. Right, that's it for local media this week. Don't forget, support your local media, Clare Champion, Clare Echo, and uh, give them a read, give them a few uh, shillings, and subscribe or uh, go to the shops and buy it. So from us for this week, take care and goodbye. We'll leave you with a bit of the king. As the snow flies On a cold and gray Chicago morning A poor little baby child is born in the ghetto